You are listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 3800 Marlton Pike. For more information, check out circleofhope.net. Our theme for Advent is welcoming the stranger. Each week, the kids are going to help us take some familiar piece of this very kind of prototypical American dream kind of nursery setup we have over here so that we can get a bit stranger, get a a little bit closer to the real thing of Jesus' birth. We need to strip it back to the basics, the bare essentials, the simple, unremarkable, very human birth of a poor little Palestinian Jew named Jesus about 2,000 years ago. The kids took out the stuffed animals this week, and I bet that baby Jesus is going to be super bored now. He's going to be so bored. In my house, stuffed animals are like rabbits. They just keep multiplying, and and we, we, we need them. Every time we go buy a claw machine, those of you with children or have had, have had children before, a claw machine means... I want that. And every time I say no, I am destroying tiny trees. <laughs> Flame on, World War Three. No! I don't want it that. They know that they need it, but I know that they don't need it. And that we probably won't. I think that that, that that expression, they they know that they need it, but I know that they don't need it. In fact, it will just be a pot. All of those stuffed animals came from my house. You know? And there's probably more at home. Some of them were reserved because they were special stuffed animals. I don't know why we need any stuffed animals that aren't special. I digress. <laughs> that, that, that appreciation that we might not know what we need I think is a lot of what Advent is about. We gotta clear out some stuff. It's an Advent question. Um, could what I think I need be what I really need? What do I think I need that I don't actually need? It's a good Advent question. In contrast to the accumulation of this commercialized Christmas season, Advent is a time for clearing stuff out because Advent is about making room for the strange baby who grew into a man that promised to us that he would remain in us. Advent is our yearly opportunity to strip it all back, to get down to the most simple connection we can have, human to human. Because miracle of miracles, God became human to be human to human with us. Jesus came across time and space to be with you in all of your strange ways and all of the needs that you think you have and the actual needs that you actually have. All of that darkness, he comes to light up. He came to be a real and illuminating light that reorients all standards of strange and normal. But we are normed to other things. Even within my lifetime, I can see how much has changed and how strange this future that we live in actually is, just since I was a kid. 
as a kid longing for a claw machine stuffy, I could have never imagined the smartphone. This, to seven-year-old me, is really, really strange. The future that we live in. It's really strange, the attraction that I have to its pleasant glow. This slab of plastic and metal and mined materials and all kinds of magic on the inside is very, very strange. I was always on the edge of terminal boredom when I was seven years old. I was sure I would die for, for how bored I often was because I was a, a needy kid for stimulation. I'm still a needy man, honestly. I would have gobbled up this magic slab of entertainment. And it's a lot like my seven-year-old son craves his screen time. When I was seven, my best friend was Josh Dutcher. And he was kind of a sickly kid, so he would convince me to sit on this bench during recess instead of running around the playground to play. He'd want to just kind of take it all in. And we would invent games to play um, just sitting there on the bench. And uh, we honestly had a blast. One of, one of our recurring ones was based on Beverly Cleary's book, The Mouse and the Motorcycle. You guys know this one? Yeah? Um, we would be little mice driving motorcycles and cars, hands like this um, on imaginary steel steering wheels and feet on imaginary brakes and accelerators. And we'd talk about what we were escaping from and what the cats were driving in. And it was a lot of fun. And we would always say, hey, in the year 2000, we're going to be 17, and they're going to have real, and we're going to be able to drive, and they'll have flying cars by then. Nope. We've got godlike supercomputers in our pocket instead. <laughs> what I was longing for with that flying car still hasn't come. So we have this strange, strange piece of metal in our pocket, and we are strangely entertain. My seven-year-old self couldn't imagine it. And all of this technology, it's so new. We are so adaptable, aren't we? I think it's pretty amazing. Now I can't imagine how my life would work without all the stimulation that I get from all the screens in my life, all of the tiny computers that I interact with all the time. Or how about, like, Gwyneth and I were just reminiscing about the days when Netflix was a disc in the mail. You know, that wasn't that long ago, but I'm already like, how can I ever live? You know, I've already so adapted in such a short amount of time. We got, we signed up for Netflix, Gwyneth and I together after we got married and already uh, it's so different. The other day I was watching TV on cable. God knows why. I don't even have cable. Um, and there were commercials and I couldn't stand it. I couldn't stand it. I was dying of boredom again. So, like, during the commercials, I'd get out my phone and do something else, you know? What is it like? What does this do to us? You know, this is all new. What does this mean for our future? What does this mean for our children's future? What does it mean to carry around a virtual god in your pocket? That question got me thinking about Isaiah 8, 16 through 22. 
It's the preamble to a very famous passage in Isaiah 9, uh, the one that goes, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. You know this one? For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. You know this one. But just before it, I didn't know this one, right before this, what is the darkness that the people walking in darkness are in? Why do they need light? It's actually right before that. And you know how the Bible works. All the chapters were added much later, but we often get them separated by the numbers that got put on it. So right before Isaiah 9, with this famous passage in Isaiah 8, 16 through 22, let's, let's have somebody read this. Whoever can see around the uh, clothes, uh, read this out for us. Bind up the testimony, seal the teaching among my disciples. I will wait for the Lord who is hiding his face from the house of Jacob, and I will hope in him. See, I and the children whom the Lord has given me are signs and portents in Israel from the Lord of hosts who dwells on Mount Zion. Now if people say to you, consult the ghosts and the familiar spirits that chirp and mutter, should not a people consult their gods, the dead on behalf of the living, for teaching and for instruction? Surely those who speak like this will have no dawn. They will pass through the land, greatly distressed and hungry. When they are hungry, they will be enraged and will curse their king and their gods. They will turn their faces upward, or they will look to the earth, but will see only distress and darkness, the gloom of anguish, and they will be thrust into thick darkness. The chirps and mutters of ghosts and familiar spirits brought this image of this ghostly light coming from our very entertaining supercomputers in our pockets. This dead thing that is so very familiar. We can consult it about anything. We can talk to it, and it talks back to us. Tell me the answer. It relaxes us. It channels so many thoughts and ideas right into our thoughts. So intimately. Screen to face. Face to screen. It's really, really strange. I like calling it strange because I want to be curious about my habits. I think that condemnation about this is not going to be helpful. And I'm already on the edge of condemnation because we all know how like supposedly bad screens are. We limit the screen time for, for Josie. But you know how much do I limit it for myself? How much self-control do I have? Um, you, you might be on the edge of condemnation. And I'm, and I'm, I'm suggesting curiosity instead. Oh, wow. How, how's this going to work? What does it mean? And then I also know that the, the, the tool of the smartphone is very helpful. I use it for a lot of really good things. The power that it gives me um, is important. But we haven't really figured out or considered too much what it is doing to us as human beings. What is the long-term effects of our screen intimacy? I don't know, but I want to keep paying attention. I want to keep shining a light on it. Is this what lights us up? Is this thing that might be making our lives better actually be making our lives dark? Kind of like those consultations that the people here in Isaiah 8 are, are being warned about. Does it, does it fuel a hunger that's going to give us, set us out on the prowl to destroy the nation? Will everything be dark? I'm not sure. I'm not sure yet. But I'm paying attention. 
Because Isaiah is not talking about total weirdos who talk to the dead and other gods. I don't know, I don't know if, you, if you've thought of that. It sounds kind of strange to our modern ears, but uh, he says, should not people consult their gods, the dead, on behalf of the living for teaching and for instruction? That's actually like sound advice in Isaiah's time. That's conventional wisdom. Many people will give you that advice in the 8th century BC. We'll talk to the gods about it. Consult all the gods. Consult the dead people. Do, do whatever it is that you do to, to, to hear from familiar spirits. You need all of the, the spiritual input you get. you can get. Isaiah is the strange one for having this unswerving fidelity to just one God. The prophets are these strangers in history because they have this uncanny intimacy with God that calls into question the norms of their time and place. They imagine another world. They think that some other way of relating to God might actually be possible. They see another future shaping up in the distance. They see these people here in front of them walking in darkness, and they long for a great light. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This is strange news. And even stranger how this prophecy was fulfilled. No one expected Jesus when he came, and the way that he came. I'm sure there were tons of variations on the theme, but Jesus was not the Messiah that people wanted. Isaiah's hope had snowballed into centuries uh, between his original prophecy and Jesus' birth. The Messiah, God's anointed one, had a lot to do if he was going to satisfy everyone's desire, including destroying the oppressive Roman Empire and lining up with the people of God. If, but if he was to be the Prince of Peace, he had some things that he needed to do. But Jesus was also a stranger to their expectations. Jesus told his disciples in John 14, 27, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your heart be troubled, and do not be afraid. Jesus' peace does not come the way that everyone expects. But it is more real than any ghosts or familiar spirits that might try to take its place. Jesus is the dawn that we really need, even if we often search for lesser lights. Jesus is what we actually need. And so Advent is for norming ourselves to that need for adjusting our eyes to this light. We see the darkness for what it is. We're curious about it and how it, it's taking up space inside of us, making less room for God who wants to dwell right here in our hearts and less room for others who might need to connect. Our heart of love sending us out to include others in our life. Again, our Advent theme is welcoming the stranger. 
We're doing it across the whole church, all four of our congregations. So I was thinking about how we might welcome the strange peace that Jesus gives um, by spreading some of that new light around. What if Christians were the ones who connect beyond the stream or the earbuds? I think a lot of us are those types of people regularly, and this meeting is kind of a demonstration of that. It's not often that someone's like on their phone the whole time during this meeting. We're actually doing something, thinking, feeling, all together, all these people, and, and, and no one's staring at their phone. It's, it's, it's an interesting thing. Also, the, the cell meeting, too, it's, would be even more strange. You know, have you ever been to a cell meeting and someone is on their phone the whole time? I've been there. And it's really strange. It doesn't make any sense. Why are you here with us in this little intimate circle? And we have this agenda to connect because we think that in connecting with each other is the way that God's going to connect with us. Why would you be on your phone the whole time? I have, I've had teenagers in my cell. And I, I, sometimes I just have to slap their hand. No, put it away. It's okay. We're doing something else. I'm teaching them. But a grown person that, that, that is drawn to the, to the separation of the phone in a cell meeting, that's a little strange. I mean, at a, at a restaurant or somewhere else, totally normal. This is just what we do now. And I'm not condemning it. You know, I, I'm just curious about it. Like, this, this is normal. They're, they're this normal, and then we're trying to do some other kind of intimate normal at the cell meeting. And I think it works. So I think we're all, all of us who are in cells at least have some, some uh, capacity in this air, area. But I'm thinking, how can we, like, take that cell experience and spread it out? How can we, how can we move uh, this kind of freedom and intimacy and openness into like the full daylight? Not just, not just in our little cloistered spaces. So you know that feeling when um, you're sitting in your car and like you, you can feel that someone's looking at you? Like when you're at a stoplight, have you ever had that feeling? No one's nodding their head. Well, I'm often the person that's looking, and it feels, I, I know it from the other side, because I'm often looking at people and just very curious. Huh, what you doing over there? And, and it seems like they know that I'm looking, because all of a sudden, they like, they're like, huh. like someone's looking, and they feel my gaze. What if in that moment, instead of like saying, no, I wasn't looking at you, what if I like said, like, wait? And like rolled down my window and said, "Hey, have a great day. It's green, you know. Like it's that kind. Like I'm, I'm going for that kind of like of that kind of connection. Um, maybe for Advent, you resolve not to go out in public with your earbuds in. You know, I love podcasts and I love making my my time just full of sound. And I'm so so I'm a little scared of this even suggestion because I think I have to try it now." Um, when I get out of the car, I need to stop listening to my audiobook or something so that I might actually be able to connect. I might be able to bring this capacity for connection into the world. Make a friend at the checkout line. Uh, Justin just did that at Walmart the other day. He made a checkout friend, and he says he likes to make checkout line friends. It's something he likes to do. Where does that go? Maybe, maybe it's an invitation to a cell. Maybe it's like, hey, what do you think about coming to a church meeting, Walmart checkout line friend? 
I don't know. We were talking about that afterwards, Justin and I. It, it still seems a little too weird. But we're, we're, we're kind of leaning into the strangeness. Just, just kind of imagining. I don't know what you're going to do. I'm not saying that there's a right thing to do. I'm trying to, to say, what is it that we can do to connect? Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. If you want to talk about it or get connected to a cell, you can find one under our Connect drop-down at circleofhope.net.